Welcome to Elemental Talks, the podcast that connects marketing, design, and development experts to help you build better websites. Mike Killen is a leading British marketing expert and the founder of Cellular Service, an online agency helping funnel builders achieve their maximum income potential through training, programs, courses, coaching, and resources. On our 20th podcast episode, Mike lists the crucial steps of creating a high-converting funnel, explains why thank you pages are vastly underrated, and tells us why he thinks sales training should start at a young age. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Elementor Talks, and I'm thrilled to be with Matan here again. Hi, Hi Ben. How are you? Great. And with us is Michael Killen from Sell Your Service. Hi, Mike. Hey there, guys. Thanks for having me on. Really good to talk to you, Ben and Matan. So you couldn't have come at a better time because <laughs> uh, we, we've recently had Dave Foyt speak about funnels, and that's yeah. also your expertise. And that's a uh, perfect timing for our uh, pop-up builder and everything we, we're doing for marketing. So that's why I wanted to kind of have you on and offer you the, the hard-hitting questions that our users have about these topics, funnels, creating them, right. selling them. Yeah. But first, maybe we can uh, start with how you got started because I actually know you. We've met two years ago when we, Elementor just launched. It was in yeah. WordCamp Europe. When yeah. One of those networking um, circles. Uh, so I, I, I was surprised to hear about your profession, with, which was you described yourself as a WordPress coach. Yeah, at the time, at the time I was with WP Elevation and... We had our own agency and, and I was running Sell Your Service, but a big part of my time was with WP Elevation and I'd been there from kind of the ground level. And, you know, I absolutely love those guys. I think what they do and what they've been doing for, you know, the WordPress community is, is important. And also myself, like, you know, they, they were very, Troy and the team were very influential. But um, yeah, so around then, I think it would have been probably at the peak of my coaching with WP Elevation. It was around then that, you know, they were getting so big and mm. sell your service was taking up more and more of my time. So I said to Troy, like, look, man, I've, I've got to be true to what it is that I do. And, um, you know, I've loved my time here and, and they're obviously still killing it, just doing some amazing stuff. And Troy's so, coming over soon. So, let, so let's, yeah. let's, let's back a, a bit even before that. So how did you get started and what are yeah. the challenges that were, uh, that you faced when you first got started? Sure. So I came from a, a corporate marketing background. I worked for a company called Symantec and through one reason or another, I ended up leaving that job in corporate marketing um, because I essentially had, had lost my job. There was big restructures throughout the business and I decided to start up just a small digital marketing agency. And like a lot of people, I was, I was quite naive to the scope and the size of the market. And I tried to offer absolutely everything including graphic design and website design and logos, copywriting, one thing or another. And I discovered Ryan Dice and Digital Marketer and their, what we call a CVO funnel, it stands for Customer Value Optimization. Um, uh -huh. And that really is the blueprint for the majority of the marketing that you see today in digital marketing is, is their model. There's a few other variations from different guys, but Ryan Dice's is pretty much the foundation Can you and, give us the... the, the yeah, sure. So, it, you know, you see Facebook ads and then you mm -hmm. click through the Facebook ads and then you obviously get more Facebook ads for a specific, you know, 
topic or whatever and then you'll opt into a lead magnet you guys have got the opt-in form you know that's that's a big part of it through the opt-in form you grow your email list you try to sell people a small product and then bit by bit you work through selling them a bigger and bigger product and that's that's kind of it in a nutshell really and, like and, the know, leg in the door uh yeah strategy yeah yeah exactly yeah um you know like i said there's there's different terms for it other people call it different things and, and dave in his course uh, for no fear funnels he you know with elemental essentially teaches you the mechanics of building building what it is that ryan and a lot of the other guys teach um and i decided that i wasn't going to do websites anymore i wasn't going to do um you know graphic design and logos and i focused on creating very just specific marketing funnels, but actually it was more for a specific audience. I ended up going after offline businesses, membership businesses that wanted to create an online course. And so we built systems that allowed them to, you know, increase the number of customers that they had and increase the number of leads they got and increase their traffic and all the stuff that people want. And really at its core, what we were doing is, is building marketing funnels. And from there, mm-hmm you know, more and more people started reaching out to me and asking me, how is it that I'm able to do this just with WordPress? And it was funny because I, I was not really that in, in, into WordPress, to be honest. I hadn't, hadn't really used it before, but I used it more and more and my team used it more and more. And before I knew it, that's what I was becoming known for. And that's certainly why Troy picked me up and um, we did some work with WP Elevation again in the early days. And then I came on board as a coach and then it was transitioned essentially from there into how do you sell marketing funnels? Because building them is really just building a very, it's building a website that works is really what building a marketing funnel is. Yeah. But the concept of being able to sell a marketing funnel for you know $25,000, including email marketing and all the automation and all the bits that go with it. The opt-in forms is, is where we started. We just provided opt-ins. So that's really where sell your service is now. We, we teach people how to, how to sell marketing funnels. Mm-hmm. So can you explain to us how the process of selling a funnel looks like? Yeah, of course. It's, What are <laughs> the factors that you weigh in when you build the funnel? Yeah. And I think, you know, we've only got 35 minutes or, or half an hour. So I'll try and keep it high level, but I'll focus on two or three core areas. The first rule of selling marketing funnels is that you don't talk about marketing funnels. The <laughs> The biggest mistake I think people make with their customers is they say, well, we've got all these opportunities. We've got, you know, a page builder and we can create landing pages and squeeze pages and opt-in forms. We can connect to people's CRMs and, you know, as designers and developers and creatives, we get very excited about that. And we understand that all of those coming together, you know, just trying to convert a, a lead or a prospect into a sale and then a sale into a bigger sale. We understand that that strategy is called a funnel, but we take for granted that our customers don't know that necessarily. They, they, they might become confused by that. So the first rule of selling funnels is you don't talk about funnels and you don't say, I sell marketing funnels or I build marketing funnels mm-hmm. because nothing will put your customer off more than them hearing a technical term that you then have to educate them on or explain to them. That's kind of the yeah. first part is to, to not talk about funnels. Makes sense. Um, and then secondly, we then need to look at our pricing strategy. And this, <laughs> when it comes to selling, I think we all have reservations about selling, you know, a website for $10,000 or 10 grand or 25 grand or 
a marketing funnel for 25 grand. And we all kind of, we, we get in ourselves in a bit of a, a bit of a, a panic about how much we should be charging. And I found time and time again, that the way to sell anything, and this comes from my heavy, heavy background in sales is to not make a list of the things the customer wants and then think of a price it's to think of a price first and then work out what you want to give the customer. And I think that's the big mistake is a lot of funnel builders when they get into this area and, and you know, you've provided them with this new opportunity for opt-in forms, right? Yeah. A lot of people are then going to say, well, I want to provide that to my customer. So I'm going to make a list of all the things that they want and they could get, you know, uh, email list growth and we can put blog posts on opt-in forms. And when we think, well, how much could I charge for that? You know, and we do all sorts of things that are bad habits. We look to the market, we see what other people are charging. We ask our customers what they would pay for it. And that's wrong. That's fundamentally the wrong approach. Instead, what you need to do is think, how much do I want to earn per customer or earn per project or earn per year and work backwards from that and think, what am I going to have to deliver to justify that $25,000 price or that $10,000 price. And that's, that's really a big, big part of selling marketing funnels is, is understanding your pricing strategy first and then working out what you're going to deliver. Um, and then, you know, there's obviously 101 steps after that, which I'm happy to go into more detail with, but I'll let you guys lead. Yeah, a big part of this is, I think, the approach that you mentioned in a different interview I, I listened to, which is, kind of finding uh, the right, well, it, it's already a cliche, finding the right niche, but really yeah. segmenting the kind of clients that have the money to afford this. Uh, yeah. So can you elaborate on that? Yeah, and that, that is kind of the, the big third part. There's a few other pieces in between, but the, the other big part is, okay, so 50 years ago, it made sense to be a generalist. It made sense to open up a, a hardware store and sell all kinds of tools and equipment because if you just had a hammer shop chances are people weren't going to travel from all over the country just to buy the best hammer from you the internet has changed the boundaries of where you know geography lies we have customers literally all over the world you've got customers literally all over the world and even as a small business even as a, as a one-person organization you can have marketing funnel customers and website customers all over the world. The problem is that people try to remain generalists because they believe that that's the best route to finding a customer. Because if you're open to all offers and open to all projects, then you're more likely to find customers. As more and more funnel builders enter the market, and this isn't a slate against page builders, page builders have been instrumental, but as more people learn how to use page builders and marketing systems and automation systems become more accessible, you know, I'm a big fan of active campaign, for example, and their automation is, you know, for the equivalent of whatever it is, 70 bucks a month is, is 10 times more powerful than things we were spending tens of thousands of dollars on per month just to get the same, the same functionality. So it's clearly not the tools that separate you because they get easier and faster. It's not being able to just provide everything because everyone is able to provide everything. So the way that you have to be able to find customers is by choosing a very specific niche. One of the mistakes I think people make is that they say, we, you know, we, we look after small businesses and that accounts 
it, particularly in the Western world, that accounts for roughly 98% of most countries' GDP. Like it's not, that's not a well-defined market. Mm. Or they'll, they'll come back and they'll say, well, I want to work in the service sector. I'm like, okay, well, I don't really know what that means because, you know, most businesses are service-based. And again, there's, there's not a lot that's, that joins, you know, an accountant to a solicitor. There's, there's not really a huge amount that, that connects them. And then they'll go after an industry and they'll say, well, we just want to build funnels for the manufacturing industry. And I think, well, mm-hmm. there's a difference between a six-person manufacturing operation, you know, in my small hometown compared to, you know, Pfizer or Eli Lilly, like who are also massive manufacturing for drugs, of course. So instead we have to look at the parts of the process that we enjoy. And one of my places we got started, you know, uh, was with opt-in forms. And uh, at the time we used opt-in monsters. This is what, 2013, 14. Um, This is where we really started and we offered opt-in forms to businesses that wanted to grow their email list, but it's not enough again to just offer that service or product. You have to think, well, who would benefit from that? Who would value that? I know I want to charge at the time, it was about 5,000 pounds per, per project. So I have to think, mm-hmm. well, who has that kind of money? And you work backwards from there. And it, you know, customers are out there. Customers with the budget are out there. Don't let your current network or, or, or ecosystem tell you what they're willing to spend because they are out there and they're willing to buy if you find the right. And an example, for example, would be, yeah. you know, we work with um, online app businesses who help save their customers money and we help them, try, you know, sell paid licenses to their free users. That's a niche. That's something that you can go after and, and, and really dominate. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a, an important point here that I, I'd love to hear y- your view on yeah. because you mentioned the active campaign. There are some other tools that really give you the option to create more elaborate ways to, to get uh, customers, smarter ways to get customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for people who build websites and, and can potentially build funnels, this can be really interesting. But I think a lot of businesses, small to medium businesses, shy away from these mm-hmm. because it seems like things that used to be only for enterprises, you know, yeah. like big corporations could afford big sales teams, yeah. which could benefit from, uh, you know, platforms like uh, CRMs that actually follow each step of the process mm-hmm. of the customer and give them the relevant message and follow them until sale. So how mm-hmm. can a small business, maybe with one or two, three employees, can take advantage of the same smart way of, instead of just, you know, uh, yes. shooting all the messages, creating smart funnels that follow the user along as they go from awareness to, you know, potential client and all the, the steps? Yeah, and it's a, it's a good question because it, it is still very overwhelming. And I think people who are comfortable with the tech side of businesses of, of, of running a business, even they shy away from, you know, remarketing on Facebook and Google ads and YouTube ads and, and automation with things like active campaign. So the first thing <laughs> you guys, I don't know if it translates. We have, a, we have a, an acronym uh, in the UK and a place like America and stuff. KISS, K-I-S-S. You guys heard oh, yeah, of that? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> at the highest level, it's keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Okay, so keep it nice and simple. In the world of sales, we flipped it slightly and it's keep it simple salesman. 
when people look at automation, their mind immediately starts running to attracting new leads, attracting new prospects, driving more traffic to their website and sending more content out. And that is very top of the funnel. That's, that's people who are not close to buying. They still need nurturing. You mm. still need to build trust with them. And instead, the fastest way for you to begin to generate an ROI from any investment that you make with automation tools, software platforms, whatever, is to think, what is the closest I can get to a sale? And when you have tools like Active Campaign, and you know, with Elementor as a page builder, if you took, let's say that you're you're a small business and you've got a list of, let's say, a hundred customers or a thousand leads on your email address, or even ten. Let's say you've just got ten customers. Your job is to generate another sale from those customers. That's exclusively the first role. That's the only thing that you should be working on. And when we focus at the very end of the funnel of that sales process, as funnel builders, it's much easier for us to justify, you know, a five-figure price tag because we talk to our customers and we say, and these small businesses, we say, well, we can actually start generating you new sales from current customers. Current customers don't require any acquisition because they already know who you are. The chances are they already trust you. You've already got their, their payment details. You know where to deliver the products. So by focusing on that sales specific area, what you do is you then work backwards because you've built up a campaign, let's say three or four emails that try to sell another, in our case, you know, another course to your customers, or it could be in one of our, um, one of our first customers, they sold very expensive custom-made marble fireplaces. And we thought we're thinking of ways to be able to generate revenue from them, get from the same customers. And we thought, well, let's offer servicing. But we just took all of their current customers. We wrote out a service, you know, a servicing campaign of, I think, five to six sales emails and a, and a sales product page saying, please get in touch with us if this is something that you'd like. And we sent that to our current custom, their current customer database. And when you have that, you can then put that into automation. When you send it manually, you can then put that into automation. And you now know that every single customer who buys a fireplace, a course, you know, the page builder, whatever, you could set a timer and say, look, in a month's time, position this new product to them. And you now know that any customer that comes in is going to have that, that upsell opportunity sold to them. And then you work back, you try and sell new products to your leads, to people who haven't bought, and then you try to attract leads. So don't work at the top of the funnel. It's very sexy. Everyone likes working yeah. on opt-in forms and, and, you know, growing their email list. And, and while it's important, and it is important, focusing on making sales and maximizing revenue from your current customers is in my opinion, the priority. So plus you're testing the grounds on current, uh, current Absolutely. and then running it on new, new uh, customers after it's been tried and tested. Absolutely, uh, yeah. For our clients, I know that it's for Elementor users. I know it's, uh, this is very crucial because many of them get clients that say, I want to transition from, uh, I don't know, from this team, whatever, to Elementor. Yeah. And then what they can do, if they go that, okay, I'll build a website with Elementor and because it's so fast, you'll get new traffic. Sure. But that, that, that doesn't work because you actually need to, to spend a whole lot of time and energy on generate. It takes half a, half a year just to create content, to bring new content. Yeah. 
and, and you're doing a redesign and sometimes a redesign actually sets you back in, in Google. Yep. What you're saying is just, if, even if they have like a hundred, uh, a list of a hundred or a thousand users, yep. redesign with Elementor, including pop-ups that, uh, you know, create a, a sales funnel that's smarter than the, the old site, uh -huh. then their clients will see the results immediately. And they'll yep. be... They'll rave We've, about it and be more satisfied. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's important, you know, customers are always looking for ROI. You know, we're very lucky to work with customers who have got a, a two, three, four year lead time on their ROI because they understand that we're testing some really cutting edge, you know, bleeding edge marketing. But for the majority of our customers, and we even will put it on a, you know, a subdomain, we'll create, you know, get.elemental.com or whatever the customer's name is. And we'll have a sales page that we know we can build instantaneously. Content's very important. I'm not, I'm not having to go at content. I'm not having to go at design or old websites. I've been misquoted on a bunch of podcasts saying that I think websites are dead and it's fundamentally <laughs> not true. Um, I've never, ever, ever said that. If anything, I've said they're, they're now. I saw more, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've never, ever said that, which is kind of, we won't talk specifically about who that was, but that's kind of the reason that I was a bit perturbed with them. So, oh my God, yeah. So they're not dead. Everyone in mind doesn't think so. <laughs> definitely. Exactly. Definitely not. And, you know, we're being, they're being seen now and they're being used in far more um, elaborate and micro-specific ways. So to say they're dead is, is, is massively misreading the terrain. But when we have a customer... And let's say, they, let's say you, approach, you approach a prospect, they're brand new, they've got no idea who you are, and you get talking to them at a networking event or you find out through a, you know, a referral and they say, well, we really, we seem to struggle with monetizing our, new, our current customers. They kind of die off or you know, we don't really do any marketing to our current customers. For the sake of $10,000 US to create a sales page and a series of sales emails, that directs their current leads and customers, you know, that you don't need to separate it. You could sell to current leads and customers. It doesn't matter to come through to a sales page and then buy it. You're creating return on investment while you continue building, redesigning and developing the other site. There's no need to have to completely pause a project. Yeah, you know, and again, that's, that's something that a lot of customers worry about is that, that transitional migration stage. It doesn't need to happen anymore. You can yeah, still continue to make those sales. And you also mentioned that a lot of clients come to a, a, a marketer or a web creator and ask them, okay, I want to be uh, in Instagram. I want to be in Facebook. <laughs> and actually, yeah. this is the place where you can educate. No, a website is, so you actually said the opposite. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've, got, we've got customers who have got hundreds of thousands of, you know, YouTube subscribers or um, Instagram followers, but they're struggling to make $2,000 a month. You know, they, because they physically don't understand the process of, of turning interest and attention into action. And that's, that's huge. And, and we have a massive advantage because as pay, people who use page builders, as power users, as designers, as developers, as whatever we want to call ourselves, we have these engines like Elementor, which essentially enable action. It's no longer just about creating you know, an audience and, and having this you know, people following you online and going, Oh, this is absolutely great. I love your stuff. I love, you know, all your posts or whatever. I know categorically for a fact that a hundred people on your email list 
who you attempt to help every single day with a series of sales pages is always going to be more profitable and faster than going after the social channels and social channels are extremely important. You know, they're a different part of the process, but they've, they're expensive. And, you know, you mentioned at the, the, the top that they, it can take a long time to transition them into a customer. You have to nurture them. You have to uh, work with them and, um, you know, uh, build trust with them. But instead, let's focus on the people we do know, the people who do know us, and try to drive them to a sale first using a tool like, like Elemental. Mike, well, speaking of tools, uh, what are the tools that you personally use to create a funnel? Optin Monster is a big part of our process. And I know I said about how opt-ins aren't you know, the be-all and end-all, but for our particular customers that we originally went after, that's a big part of our process. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. excuse me we also obviously use active campaign that's a huge part of our our engine the crm and the automation system that's that's kind of the key and the core to a lot of our funnels and processes uh and then kind of flipping that as as as, as people who build marketing funnels and essentially we're trying to convert people into a new stage we're trying to convert people that have no idea that we exist into happy, profitable, repeat customers that refer us to other people. That's, that's yeah. what we're trying to do. And some people are going to be new email addresses. Some people are going to be subscribers on YouTube. Some people are going to be first time customers. Some people are going to be, you know, full blown customers. And then we have, you know, repeat customers and, and hyper profit customers and affiliates. So, mm -hmm. sorry, go ahead. You, you, okay. You, you spoke about different types of, of uh, customers. Mm -hmm. Do you use active campaigns to differentiate and score them or yeah. you segment them, score them? Yes, yeah, that's a re and that's, that's why active campaign is such a big part of our process because anyone who buys you know, a Splinter product or a Tripwire product, which is a low barrier to entry, easy to afford, you know, not a huge risk. We're looking around the, the $5 to $45 mark. <clears throat> something that people have probably got that floating around in their PayPal account that they could, they could buy. And that could be, we have uh, micro courses. We have a couple of pieces of software. We have some training. We've got pre-written email templates and this is applicable to your, you know, your customers as an agency. If you decide to go after, you know, we say we, we work with SaaS businesses that have an online app. Sorry, we have an Android and an iPhone app that help their customers save money and we help transition their free users into paid users. That's your niche. If you were then to create a series of sales emails templates and offer that for a low barrier to enter, like 19 bucks or whatever, mm -hmm. that then becomes a splinter product. And for us in active campaign, we have that scored. And in the CRM system, people then say, look, everyone here is at $19 or maybe they've spent a bit more, a bit less they then move into a different stage of, of our automation process. We will then try to sell them to a full-blown course or a new piece of software. Or, you know, again, in, in the stage of our consultancy business, people might spend, the, the numbers are slightly different. They might spend, you know, 5,000 pounds on some consultation for us to sit down with them and, and work through what their problem is. And then we try to transition them into a, uh, a 25 or a 30,000 pounds pound uh, project you know where we, we work a lot closer with them so and it's it's the yeah. same process it's just making sure it's inactive campaign and that we have the automation behind it to transition people into those uh, those sales that's great so 
the five, you said $5,000 uh, consultation meeting. Yeah. So you don't have a simple, uh, how, how would you call it? Like a sales call or a simple lead, like a, a sales rep. The, yeah. the, no, we do. Uh, so we do have, and, and the, the relationship is slightly different. And this is the huge mistake. It's a really good, it's a really good point that you've raised there. This is the huge mistake people make is they think that automating it will either completely replace the human element or there's no way that they could automate something because of the human element. And it falls somewhere in the middle. The truth is it falls somewhere in the middle. The automation to send me as the business owner or the salesperson or the account rep or whoever an email to say, you need to now go talk to Paul or Jamie or Sarah because you know, they recently bought something from you. Um, or you need to go chase Paul and continue to close that deal. That is enough of a prompt through automation for me to be able to go ahead and, and do that and, and, and reach out to them. But there's also elements that are completely automated after a, no, sorry, before we have a consultation period with a customer, we will continue to send them content that we have written via email automation to say, Hey Paul, we're really looking forward to working with you. Just thought you'd like to read this process here that we had about, you know, how we helped AICPA, you know, double their turnover within a year or how we helped this telco company, um, you know, sell their 10 first $10,000 project. So we will continue to send content through automation, but there's still human elements that need to have that when you're looking at those kind of figures. There's nothing wrong with that. Automation just takes a slightly different role in that perspective. How many people are in uh, your team? We have about eight. Um, is this about six people who are regular and then two people who kind of come in as and when we need them. And they're based all over the world. This is for sell your service. And then our agency, me, my business partner, there's a probably about a similar number, probably about six or seven of us doing um, work and sales calls and consulting. Most of them are based in, uh, based in the States in America. Wow. You're, you're pretty young to do. You're, how did you manage to do all that? You're, you're a young guy. <laughs> it's a lot of uh, a lot of um lying to people and and <laughs> convincing yeah, like, them uh, that we, how we make it, do you make it uh, yeah yeah pretty much yeah no it was, i'm i'm very lucky i think uh, you know my my business partner is uh, he's got a lot of experience in in consulting and he's we've worked with some big big companies and he kind of brought me in and took me under his wing and said look this is this is how big consultation projects run and that still runs very, very well. And sell your service, the way that we built it was purely focusing on, on scalability. You know, some of our first staff members or employees, or we don't call them that, we just call them, you know, colleagues, they would be on like $100 a month. That's it. And we'd say, we just need you to do this one task, for example, email our email newsletter for like once every week, you know, and it's a hundred bucks a month. They go, yeah, that's great. And then as we bring on new customers and we make, start making, you know, new revenue lines, we would expand that role. I think the big mistake people make when it comes to building a team is thinking they have to immediately have a full-time salesperson. And if, if I can shamelessly plug my book, I wrote a book called From Single to Scale, which talks through the process that I went on on how I managed to scale out my business without full-time staff, without having offices full of people, you know, they all work around the world, however they need to do the work. But, you know, I haven't had to immediately invest in um, salaries upfront. We've been able to, we've been able to grow it very scalably and very elastically. 
So um, we're about to wrap it up, but we have a couple of questions to you. And just the yeah. first one, just you seem to have a lot of uh, uh, orientation of uh, education. And you wrote on your LinkedIn profile, I want to get sales training into the hands of every child and yeah. every school in the world. And I was curious, why is it so important, in your opinion, yeah. to get them started at such a young age? Yeah, that's, and that's something that only in the last few months I've become extremely passionate and clear about. You know, I'm part of a, a couple of networks, one of which with, with a guy called Daniel Priestley, and they've helped me work that out. The reason why is, is, is mainly around confidence. Confident businesses and confident people don't take risks. The reality is, if a business knows that they can make sales, even if they've got no customers and there's, there's nothing on the horizon and for whatever reason, all of their customers have fallen off a cliff. You know, every business faces that at some point. They're just their customers and their influence and their leads. Everything just disappears. It happens. But if people have got the confidence to know I can make a sale, I know how to generate money and income, that creates confidence with myself and it creates security. If I'm confident and secure, I'm less likely to make stupid decisions and take stupid risks. The reason that people are conned into, well, you know, by con artists into giving them money is because they're looking for get rich quick schemes. The reason that people, um, that kids, in, especially in, in you know, many places around the world, get into things like selling drugs is because they believe that that is the only thing that they can sell. Selling is not about making money and it's not about um, closing the deal on a customer and generating revenue. It's about mm. serving an audience. And if you learn how to serve an audience and make a really good argument and you understand how to make a good argument, you're less likely to be stressed. You, you, you're more confident. You know that you can get what you need. And everyone is a salesman. We all like to kind of say, oh, I, I don't like sales. I don't like secondhand car salesmen. You know, I'm, I, sales is beneath me. Every single human being in the world at some point has to prove their point, prove that they're worth something and prove their argument if they want something done. And if we understand how to sell at a young age and tell those stories, we become more confident people. And uh, I think we can kind of begin working on areas that really matter as opposed to, you know, some of the stuff that I believe is kind of wasted taught in school. So that's why I believe it's, it's important to teach it earlier on and younger. That's, that's a great yeah. message. That's uh, a great think, answer. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. It's, it's well rehearsed. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think if you go back in history and see Socrates and Shakespeare, they all had a message that they had to, Absolutely. you know, convince sure. and, and, uh, and sell. So, I agree with that yeah. point, uh, definitely. I should have stopped. And we're also, you know, let's, let's take you guys. You know, you set up this business, you set up Elementor, and at one point you, you thought, this is how we want to help people. This is what, how we want to help the world. And we are transitioning from this kind of industrial revolution, Victorian idea where you don't work in a factory, but you work in an office and you work nine to five and you hammer out work. That's changing. People can fight it. They can moan about it. You can talk about uh, state pensions and corporate, you know, corporate responsibility. That is all disappearing. It's completely yeah. going away. So if we have this training earlier on where we think, actually, I do have the ability to make this very cool thing. And also I can sell this. I can get this into the hands of people. We're going to actually allow kids to start businesses much much earlier and completely change the way that the you know these entrepreneurs are doing some amazing stuff around the world so to say well we don't want to change it because the status quo says currently people have to 
work in offices. It just doesn't make sense to me. So it's, it's just trying to move with how the world is evolving. So before closing that, uh, we wanted to ask you, do you have any quick tips for our elemental users and listeners? Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was thinking about this because you guys did the, the little conversion report, right? Where it had three, three hacks or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was, I was going through that and there's some, there's some outstanding, um, some ideas on that. And, we, yeah. We'll link to it. So nobody misses it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. You, you should do that. Um, so the biggest one to me is the thank you page. I've been on uh, a couple of shows and I, I taught on this last year or the year before entrepreneurs XQ. I think you can find it out there on the thank you page and the thank you page for us is where we have generated so much revenue after someone opts in you guys have got these new opt-in forms and people opt in and they they want to download the pdf or the report or the video or, or whatever they have opted in for instead of taking them immediately to the the delivery page instead of giving them that download you say thanks very much we're going to send that to your email address just to make sure that you've given us your real email address. We're going to send it to your email address and you redirect them to a thank you page. Now, from a specification standpoint, you can put your tracking pixels in there, you can put conversion pixels. One of the other tools that I use is called Oraby, Oraby.io, which is my analytics platform. I don't use Google Analytics. And you can measure things much easier when you have the thank you page. On that thank you page, you can then have a video or a sales message to that same person because you never know the person who just downloaded the report on how to you know, sell your app to free customers might then want some training for $19, you know, that Splinter product we talked about earlier, or yeah. free access to you or even some paid consultation or coaching. So offer a product on the thank you page, use a, a sales letter or a video sales video um, and, and start to capitalize on people's excitement and their trust building in you. And we find that our thank you pages convert very, very well. So to me, from a funnel standpoint, thank you pages are vastly underrated. That's great. Uh, Mike, how can people reach you and uh, you know, connect? Sure. Uh, so sellyourservice.co.uk, that's the site. And we have new blog posts every single um, week. If you just Google, I think, how to sell a marketing funnel or sell a marketing funnel, like it's just me all over Google. So that's another way of finding us. If you uh, want to go on Twitter as well, it's Mike underscore Killen, K-I-L-L-E-N, or I am Funnel Mike, or one word on Instagram. Uh, and we're on YouTube as well on the Sell Your Service YouTube channel. So I think you can just search Sell Your Service. At the moment, I think if you search... Is it AppSumo? I'm the number one result, which I'm surprised about. So there's a bunch of ways to find me on YouTube as well. I like the funnel mic. <laughs> funnel mic. Yeah, yeah, funnel mic. Yeah, I couldn't believe I got like that. Fun mic. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. Well, Mike, it's been a pleasure talking to you and I feel like you offer real value and you kind of have a unique perspective in, in the way that you phrase things that are just eloquently, eloquently uh, phrased and it just... Thank you very much. So I think that's... That's uh, the way uh, I like to learn and, and find out about new things. So keep on doing that, uh, that awesome work. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on. You, know, you guys have been absolutely hammering it and um, your community is very, very, um, very active. So you, know, you, guys are on, you guys are on a very, very strong path. So let's do more things together in the near future. And uh, thanks very much for being here. That sounds great. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank okay. you. Okay. Bye, Mike. Bye now. Bye-bye.